Investing with IBD is brought to you by Alliance Bernstein, a global investment manager offering active, flexible solutions across asset classes. ABS the tools and expertise investors need to get their portfolios ready to navigate late-cycle investing. To find out more, visit abfunds.com. Okay, everybody. Uh, welcome to Investing with IBD for March 13th, 2019. I'm Arusha Pires, Premium Product Group Manager, and with me today is Chris Gessel, the Chief Content Officer of IBD. Welcome, Chris. Hey, this is great. This is our kickoff show. I'm happy to be here. That's right, our premiere episode. So our goal today, and our goal for this podcast, is we want to share our stock investing strategy. We've been doing this for over 50 years in the markets, uh, profiting off of great bull markets and surviving those bear markets. And the cool thing is this is a strategy that anyone can learn. And the key is to learn about risk management. And also, you have an opportunity to learn about these new innovative trends that are going on and these game-changing companies that are changing the world. We look at those stocks every day, and uh, it's it's really exciting when you find something new and it really starts taking off. And you, you know, we're talking about uh, surviving bear markets, really what happens is you end up thriving because uh, we often get out and we miss the, the bulk of a bear market, and when the market turns, you're, you're coming at the market from a position of strength, not weakness and not you know, beaten down because you, you tried to stay in the market the whole time. Yeah, as I always tell people, once you learn this, once you learn how to protect yourself, you learn to love corrections. Oh, yeah. That's where all the next big uh, winners come from, and so it's actually, uh, you know, corrections are a great time, and we look forward to them. Now, I, I think uh, before, to start off this, this podcast, this new premier podcast, uh, we should start with the founder, mm-hmm. William J. O'Neill, the founder of Investor Business Daily and founder of a number of companies. Uh, and he's the one who inspired me to get involved in the stock market. Now, I was a customer of Investor's Business Daily. I was listening, to, I, was, I was reading Chris's articles <laughs> in IBD, reading the big picture years ago. And uh, so, uh, and I learned the strategy mm-hmm. every day in real time, and it changed my life. And uh, it's all because of Bill O'Neill. And so I, I have so much gratitude just uh, what he shared, because I know oh. if I discovered this, I would share it with anyone too. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but uh, you worked with Bill for mm-hmm. so many years, you know, you had a chance uh, to work with him. Why don't you share some, uh, some stories or a story well, I think the thing with Bill is uh, it was always a challenge. He was always coming up with new ideas, and, and it, it, it was just a lot of fun to work with him. And then there were the times when, you know, you're looking at a stock, and, and you could turn to this guy who's like, you know, the master and say, hey, what do you think about this? And he would, you know, he would always be happy to sit down and take a look at a chart with you and show the, you know, well, you, you might have missed this thing or, or uh, you know, or this is uh, this is looking really good. The other thing I would say is over the years, I saw how quickly he could change his mind about something. And, and so if he had an outlook for the market, and like, oh, the market's gonna be uh, terrible for you know weeks or months or something like that, and then the market turned, he would be bullish in an instant and be back in buying. And that, I think, is his greatest strength, is that he really listened to the market, he would listen to stocks. Uh, we know that you know sometimes he would be 
perhaps even a, almost 100% invested in a single stock and then a couple of days later would be out of it because it started flashing uh, warning signals. So he's a, I mean, to see it up close and, and see how he, you know, practice it day to day, I mean, it, it was pretty impressive. Now, the, what one of the key characteristics and, and behaviors that he, he always kind of exhibited during the seminars and also mm -hmm. throughout his book, rules, discipline, right? Rules, rules, rules. That right. we, we've heard that over and over again. And uh, speaking of rules, being able to listen to the market, like you said, mm -hmm. and get in even though it looks so scary. I, I remember a story from 2000 to 2002, that terrible bear market coming out, coming out of that in March 2003, we had a signal. We'll talk about this follow-through day signal in a moment, but he was all over it because he, uh, even though it was so it looked so scary, he was all over it and let the market slowly pull him in. Oh yeah, absolutely. And the thing also, I, I think right around that time is when he bought eBay and that was a stock that he right. uh, got some nice gains on. And again, it wasn't that he had some special understanding and and really liked buying stuff uh, online, uh, you know, in auctions or anything like that. But it had all the elements that he looks for, and that was you know great earnings and sales growth, good sponsorship, and it was coming out of a really well formed base at the time. So the strategy that that we're going to be talking about these are all for you know, Bill's. This is Bill's system here. And, and so every week we're going to be expanding on this and, and sharing what we've learned. So let's start off with the market. Now, the S&P is right now above the 200-day. That, mm -hmm. that was a, a nice, uh, a nice uh, getting through that resistance uh, a few weeks ago. And it pulled back and now it found support on the 200-day. And uh, it's starting to move up again. Right. And so we we had a really nice move off the bottom and then on uh what january 4th we had a follow-through day and we'll talk about that in a, in a moment but uh you know we we knew for a number of weeks the market had been up so much that there was going to be a pullback we didn't know how bad it would be but you know we were getting ready and in fact last week we got that pullback and it wasn't that bad you know it was a week long or so uh, although some stocks, especially leading stocks, they get hit harder when right. the market corrects. And so you need to be ready for that. Maybe you're, you're selling uh, on the way up, taking some profits. Uh, but the, the good thing is now we've come out of that. We, you know, uh, at least on the, uh, the NASDAQ and I think the, the S&P today, you know, we eclipsed the old high. Uh, now the S&P has been hitting resistance around 28.15, 28.16, for oh, the last couple months. And so it hit that again. It went above it for a while. And then when the market uh, eased off in the afternoon, it closed below it. So that's still an area of resistance that we need to get through. And then once we do that, then it's only about 4% until the old highs. And that'll be the, the next big test for the market. Yep. And now the, the amazing thing, and this is why you have to listen to the market, we were up an amazing 10 weeks in a row. So you had that really sharp sell-off the Christmas Eve massacre, I guess as they, they, they're calling it now. And then 10 weeks up in a row, once we got this uh, fall through day. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we're currently up around 13% from the fall through day. The January 4th, that's when we got our signal to start putting money back to work. And uh, so, you know, let's, let's talk about this concept, this fall through day. Now, is this a magic bullet? Do you just go 100% in at this point? No, uh, you, you still need to let the, the market come to you. But what Bill 
uh, observed after you know sitting through many market corrections is that the market will come down and then it you know it'll start rallying maybe it'll have a big reversal day and everyone's really excited but you need to wait a few days and see if there's going to be continued power and that's where he came up with the follow-through day concept and usually what it is uh, usually four or five and it can be even you know much longer past that but days past the bottom you're looking for a gain of more than 1.2% in volume that's higher than the day before. And usually it's going to be a lot bigger and a lot more volume because you want you want that sense of power. There's something right. changed in, in the market. And we were defi- definitely getting that sense after a terrible December in the market. I mean, people were calling me and practically in tears that uh, they had been, you know, all their gains for the year had been uh, uh, wiped away. So you know there was a lot of fear in the market and yeah. then all of a sudden it you know it hit its peak and turned around and now the market is acting better we get this follow through and now you're starting to look for breakouts and you know other stocks that are are you know actionable yeah and and really after that follow through day it's really those next 3 to 4 weeks where it's it's critical right to see if the follow through day can work and also to see if stocks are breaking out emerging out of bases and and if, th- if that's the case, if it's going to turn into a pretty good rally like it's been so far, uh, you're, you're going to have a number of opportunities. And every few days, another stock might give you that opportunity to buy it. And so the market's going to slowly pull you in. And then after four or five weeks, you might be 100% in the market mm-hmm. at that time. So you're really listening to the market and letting it slowly pull you in. And, and I think the key is, and, and once again, uh, we, we've seen it after this fall through day here, you really can time the market. You just have to learn how to listen to it. Right. And you're never going to get in right at the bottom and get completely out right at the top. But if you're mostly out uh, near the top and then start getting back in at the bottom, you're going to do pretty well for yourself. Okay. So coming up after a quick break, we're going to introduce our stock investing strategy and why we use charts to tell us when to get in and out of stocks. So stay with us. Hey guys, Arusha from Investing with IBD here. The global economic cycle is moving into its later stages, creating a less favorable mix of growth and inflation. Central banks aren't providing as much fuel to keep things moving either. And market volatility has come back in a big way. All of this makes investing a lot more challenging today. Alliance Bernstein can help. AB is a global investment manager with the tools and expertise to get portfolios ready for a more difficult path ahead. That means finding stocks from companies that are able to deliver quality growth over time. Adding downside protection against market downturns is critical too. And even though interest rates are rising, investors shouldn't avoid duration in their fixed income exposure. The bottom line, investments will have to work harder to generate long-term returns, but that shouldn't mean that investors have to struggle to find answers. AB offers actively managed flexible investment solutions across asset classes. It's what you need to adapt your portfolio for late cycle investing. To find out more, visit abfunds.com. Welcome back to Investing with IBD. It's Arusha Pires here with Chris Gessel. And now we're going to talk about our investment strategy uh, that was created by William J. O'Neill, the CanSlim system. So here, here are a few things here. I, I, the the Canslim system, you're, the reason why it appealed to me years ago, I looked at a number of systems and I was trying to learn the stock market. It, it, was, it combined the best of both worlds. You're combining fundamentals and technicals, right? And so you have, you're looking for great companies that, that is always kind of preached out there, 
but you have some risk management in place. Uh, so, Chris, why don't we go into the can slim a little bit more? All right. Well, I mean, the, the I guess the most basic thing is we're combining fundamentals, so earnings, sales growth, that those sorts of metrics with technicals, and technicals refers to chart patterns and price performance and things like that. And when you put the fundamentals to te and technicals uh, together, especially when you have great fundamentals and you marry that with strong uh, technicals, that's where a lot of magic happens. And you, you're latching onto companies that have the chance to really move higher from where you bought them. So that's really important. And uh, our, you know, at IBD, and I'm, and I know at MarketSmith because I use MarketSmith every day. That's what I want to hear. <laughs> right. Uh, that, you know, the, the place we start first is with fundamentals, and we're looking at companies and looking for the, that great earnings and sales growth. And then once we have those companies, then we start looking, okay, where, what, what's their chart pattern? How long have they been moving? Are they, you know, is this early in their run, late in their run? We just really want to understand where the stock is in its life cycle. Yeah, and and really uh, to to emphasize that 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 importance on fundamentals, that CanSlim is an acronym, mm -hmm. right? C stands for current earnings, A annual earnings, and new product and service, right? So it's really emphasizing look for those game changing companies, these newer companies. Yeah, and that's why. You know, really, what we're trying to do at IBD every day is is learn the stories behind the companies. So, the market writers will discover the companies, and then we'll say, okay, get the tech writers and the the business writers to research the companies a little bit more. We have all sorts of uh, you know stories like that that we're publishing all the time. And the you know ultimately, we want to understand what's happening there, and is it a game changing difference? Is it they're just executing better than other people in their in their space or is there maybe there's an industry move going on and you know that can drive a lot of stocks higher as well yeah and and so it's uh, and so once you learn this uh, the standards are pretty high to come across our can some screens like the ibd 50 mm -hmm. yeah and, and things like that but but we're not just going out and buying it at that point this is where we're actually using charts right. and we're going to look for patterns and, and really, some, some of the keys for the patterns are the, when Bill went back and studied a lot of these great stock runs mm -hmm. back, uh, back from 1900s and 1950s, uh, he noticed there are these patterns that were there before these large moves. And so it helps with the timing and expectations. And, and that's where that risk management comes into play. Uh, if, if, if the stock is emerging out of one of these patterns, you know what to expect either should go up 15, 20%, mm -hmm. or if it doesn't, and now you're down five, 8% on the stock, you're cutting your losses. You actually have a plan in place. You're planning your trade, trading your plan. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely essential because a stock can go sideways for months, uh, sometimes even years. Like uh, today's stock of the day, which was Hilton Hotels, it's been basing for a year. So if you were really, you thought that, you know, this company looks great, and you want to buy it, and you just buy it willy-nilly. It could be dead money for uh, to you for you know months and months, sometimes a year, or it could really be rolling over, and that stock that you thought was going to go up uh, is now down fifty percent, and that's a huge problem, a huge hole to get out of. So that's why we're very careful about when we buy, and we're looking at patterns, and we want to see stocks breaking out of these especially with volume and we'll you know in this in, in this podcast I'm sure we're going to get into all sorts of nuances on that but it's really important because 
as you said, there's an expectation. When a stock breaks out and it's got the fundamentals, it should be going higher. And if it doesn't, well, there's something wrong. Maybe it's the market. Maybe there's uh, your analysis of the company isn't quite right. But if it's falling, that's a, t that's a sign that uh, you need to get out and cut your losses quickly and just look for something else. Yeah, and speaking of the market, we, we kind of alluded to, to this earlier. We want to make sure the market's in an uptrend. Mm -hmm. So we're not going to be buying when the market's in a downtrend. Uh, we're going to be on the sidelines. We're going to love those corrections, wait for those stocks to set up, build these beautiful patterns, wait for the market to get in an uptrend, and now we're going to start buying, just like on back in early January. Yeah, absolutely. It's like uh, you're getting a fresh start. And if you miss things before and kicking yourself, like I should have gotten this stock or that stock, either it's going to set up and start a whole new run, or maybe there's a new stock that you've never heard of, and you can take advantage of that as well. Uh, and I think, uh, and we'll touch on this in, in future podcasts, but uh, one kind of key thing that we probably both learned here in-house mm -hmm. and how important it is, is sponsorship, right? It's not necessarily you found this great stock, you really like the company. Uh, the, the last key, it's more of a kind of confirmation, mm -hmm. is who's buying it. And by who, I mean these large institutions. So really, it's the large institutions that are driving these markets up and down. They're, they're responsible for 70% of the movements. And so when you're buying one of these stocks, you want some uh, big friends on your side, you know, to, to, <laughs> to have your back, especially sure. when the stocks are getting hit. And so that sponsorship is key to our investment strategy. Right. And there's two ways to look at sponsorship. One is just overall our more mutual funds buying a stock than selling it. So that's a confirmation. And then we also look at some of the best performing mutual funds, and we know something about them and, and their stock picking styles and everything like that. And, you know, these, these you know, whether they're, you know, Fidelity or, or uh, T. Rowe Price, I mean, they've got an army of analysts, and they're doing a lot of, uh, of their due diligence on these companies. And if they're interested and they're buying a company that you've come across and they're putting a ton of money into it, it's a big confirmation that maybe there's something really special going on here. So it's not just is there overall money moving into a stock, but are these key funds moving into the stock as well? And that's uh, honestly, every time I look at a stock that we're considering for leaderboard mm -hmm. uh, or for my myself, I absolutely look at the sponsorship and I want to see, you know, are there some of these top funds in the in the uh, in the stock? And overall, are more funds buying than selling? Now, I, I think probably one of the questions that uh, listeners out there are probably un are wondering: There are so many funds out there. Mm -hmm. You know, what's a good list to to use to see uh, to track to see right. if they're actually in those stocks? Well, there's the mutual fund index, and we publish that in Investors Business Daily. And you can see it daily on the website or uh, weekly in the paper. And then that list is also in MarketSmith. And you can you know, flag those mutual funds and, and then check the sponsorship of any stock you're looking at. And if they'll, they'll show up instantly. Are they in there? Yeah. So usually a lot of times what I do is if I really like the company, they have great earnings and sales. The last part is, okay, who owns it? And I'm looking for like two or three mm -hmm. of those funds at least in there because uh, if if they've if you, if they're zero, you know that they've looked at the stock. They just Probably. decided to pass, mm -hmm. you know. And uh, I've I've learned that the hard way. There have been some <laughs> stocks that I've just plummeted, and those those friends weren't there to buy off the 50-day moving average and support those stocks, and uh, they just left me 
holding the bag. And, and so, yeah, you definitely want the, those big friends there. So sponsorship is absolutely key. So those elements that we just covered, that's the slim in Can Slim. So we had first talked about current earnings, annual earnings, and new highs. Slim is supply and demand that has to do with the number of shares and is there you know, demand for those shares? Is there big uh, buyers? L is leader laggard. Is the stock you're looking at leaving the market? Is it a leader in its group as well? Then I is for institutions and institutional sponsorship. We want those big mutual funds buying the stocks that we're buying. And again, M, the last uh, letter in CanSlim, but maybe the most important one because you always want to be on the same side of the market. So when you put all those things together, you've got a really good framework of how to handle the market, cycle in and cycle out. Okay, that wraps up our, our quick introduction in, into CanSlim, where we're combining both fundamentals and technicals, looking for those game-changing companies, and we're using patterns to help manage our risk. Now, of course, you always want to make sure the market's in your favor and that you have some institutional sponsorship uh, behind those stocks, too. So in our final segment, we will discuss some current stocks and also the strongest industry group in the market right now. So we'll be back right in a moment. Want to find stocks like the ones on this podcast? A lot of the best names we talk about come from IBD's exclusive stock lists, like the IBD 50 and the Big Cap 20. Whatever type of investor you are, we got a list for you. You can access every one of IBD's lists, plus stock ratings, exclusive analysis, and one-on-one -on -one coaching with a membership to IBD Digital. It costs less than a dollar a day, but for podcast listeners, we're offering an even better price. Go to Investors.com slash podcast offer right now and get your first two months for only $20. You're listening to Investing with IBD. We want to finish off this week with current stocks and what we think is the strongest industry group. So, Chris, welcome back. So, let's go over... Uh, the first stock in this list, and this has to do with 5G and this larger mm -hmm. trend that's going on. Right. So uh, we, we wanted to talk about a stock that we had on leaderboard, Sienna, and it didn't have a great reaction to earnings last week. But uh, it, you know, given the way that we handled it and everything, it, it turned out okay. But the, you know, I think the, the, the real story about Sienna starts back in August because it was not on our on our radar list. Uh, it wasn't hitting our screens. We knew about the company because years ago it was a big leader, but it had actually been going sideways for years, maybe even almost a decade. And one thing I do every day is I check every single breakout. I don't put any filters except for dollar volume. I want to make sure that it's institutional quality. And every day I check that because I'm looking for stocks just like this, maybe turnarounds or for whatever reason they've, they've slipped through our, our screens and we don't know about them. So Sienna back in August had a really big breakout. And again, that's something that we uh, also pay attention to. When a stock has been going sideways and it shoots up, you know, like 10, 15% for the week, and you're thinking, oh my gosh, that's uh, something that's gotten away. Not at all. That's one to keep watching. Yeah, it's and so, Chris, when, when you're talking about August, it looks like on August 30th, mm -hmm. they reported earnings, and they had that massive move uh, out of the base at that point. Exactly. So that caught my eye. And, you know, I told the other guys on the market team about it, and we, you know, were discussing it. And eventually... Uh, it formed a flat base, and so we put it on leaderboard, I think, mm, somewhere in November. Uh, actually, uh, 
Yeah, it broke out. It broke on a no, uh, let's see here. It broke out on November third or November uh, November fourth. Right. So we're in the middle of the correction, and we've got this stock that had a big breakout and went sideways when everything else is getting pummeled. And I'm like, this is awesome. This is great. And again, another way that that we kept finding this and kept hitting our screens is because that relative strength line kept hitting new highs, and so that kept uh, kept kept it on our radar list as well. Yeah, so, and l- l- let me just th- throw mm-hmm. another thing here. A lot of times, we're going to find stocks exactly the way Chris is talking about. We're going to first see it on the chart, the price and mm-hmm. volume action. Well, we'll have an idea of some of these larger trends, but when you're going through screens, you st- take a look at some breakouts, and you're going to uh, also relative strength, what stocks are resisting the downtrends the best? And that that's where you're starting to build your watch list. And now you might even do more research on those stocks that are starting to form bases. Yeah, so I, in fact, I remember at when I saw it breaking out, I'm like, wow, what, this is really unusual. I went and read the, the earnings transcript and you know discovered, okay, there's a turnaround, there's you know 5G coming up, things are looking good. So we had it on our, on our you know watch list. And then when it broke out in November, we put it on leaderboard, and it bounced around the next month or so because uh, we were, you know, still in a correction. And as we've talked about before, we, uh, you know, it's really hard for a stock to buck the overall downtrend, and it did in the sense that it basically went sideways. Uh, so again, its RS line, the relative strength line, was going higher, and and not only did it go sideways, it actually after breaking out that flat base, mm-hmm. it started to form an ascending base. Yeah, so even uh, uh, the almost the perfect kind of the base bucking the trend, right? Yeah, Kept absolutely. making higher lows, higher lows. Exactly. So and and once the market turned around uh, at the you know at the end of December, then that st- that stock started going higher. So now we're. It's up, uh, I guess we're in February, it's up 30%, you know, what are we gonna do? Well, uh, since this is an early stage base, it really seemed, it was showing this great uh, action during the correction, we really wanted to try to hold it. We had taken half the position off uh, prior to another earnings announcement, but now we're, we're, uh, we're up, we got a nice uh, fat profit, and we decide we're gonna hold it uh, into earnings, mm-hmm. and maybe this is gonna be a big winner. And so earnings came out, and uh, it looked like everything was great. Guidance was good. They beat the estimates, all that kind of stuff. It gapped up in the morning. You know, we're we're happy. We're doing high fives. <laughs> but then, within five minutes, it starts fading. And we pay a lot of attention to how a stock really acts once uh, it starts trading in the morning, especially around earnings. So that was a negative sign. It started fading, and it came back all the way to the prior day's close, and even undercut that prior day's low. So when you have a stock that is higher than the prior day's high and lower than the prior day's low, we call that an outside day because it covers all the prior day's uh, you know, price discovery plus more. So it's an outside day. It's on the downside, so it's a negative reversal. That's a really bad sign. And so we ended up selling the stock that day and we did have a 30% gain, but I think we ended up about 24% from the entry point. But the, I think the larger point on all this is, one, it's important to nail down profits. And even if you had an idea that this was going to be a stock that might double or something, if you get a signal like that, not, not a good sign. But we've also seen these sort of negative reversals on earnings on a number of other stocks. And so it's really something that we're paying attention to. And I think uh, it happened with Splunk recently. 
Autodesk was another one we tried to get into, and uh, it didn't work out right. But the you know the interesting thing is both uh, uh, Sienna, Splunk, and Autodesk are all lower than their close on that uh, earnings reversal on that one day. So it's a really good signal when you have something that looks great, but the price is telling you uh, something else. You know, get out either lock in your profit, cut your loss but it's highly likely that the stock is going to continue lower. Now, the the one the, the one key thing here uh, for all these stocks, they had these pretty bad reverse, uh, reversals, but uh, they're, they are finding support so far mm-hmm. on the 50-day moving average. Right. And so maybe they, they hold here, maybe they set up a new base, and maybe they give us another chance to get into them again. Yeah, that's one of the, the hardest uh, things to learn when you're investing is – when you, when you lose on a stock or maybe it disappoints you and you had a big gain and, and you walk away with a smaller gain, it's like, well, I'm done with you and I'm right. never going to trade you again. And that's really the, the wrong uh, uh, approach because many stocks, they, they might have a, a breakout that fails and then they'll set up again and they'll double from there. So you want to keep them on your watch list and, and keep looking for them. And ideally, they'll, they'll work the next time. Okay, so those were some examples of stocks that reversed on earnings and uh, sold off uh, pretty heavily. Uh, but sometimes, Chris, uh, stocks can sell off and recover a little bit uh, better. Right, and an example like that from uh, you know recent days is Atlassian, and the ticker for that one is T-E-A-M, Team, as we just call it. And that was another one where, again, it looked like it was going to be great in the uh, – you know, after hours market, it opened up, gapped up, and then it started fading and closed lower. And what was different about this one, within a couple days, it, it uh, you know, it actually was already hitting new highs maybe after a week and a half. So it recovered pretty pretty quickly. I wouldn't say, I wouldn't take that as uh, comfort like any time this happens, well, maybe it's the, the team example. Right, and, right, right. You know, we, 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 you know, we had three examples on the downside and one that, that actually worked. Uh, so they can come back, and so maybe you just draw a line in the sand. You know, do they hold above a, a moving average or a recent low or something like that, and uh, and then they'll you know they'll resume their uptrend. Although when we had the sell-off in software stocks last week, Team took a pretty big hit. Although it bounced back again, it's very resilient, but it's not. Uh, it's not a smooth ride. No, no. And unfortunately, uh, most of the stocks I'm in, I'm in are never <laughs> a smooth ride. But let's talk a little bit more about software because the software industry, a lot of these groups that are related to software, they're the best leaders in the market. And it's amazing. I know in my portfolio, it's almost like I want to buy all of the software stocks. It's all of a sudden, my whole portfolio is concentrated in software stocks. Uh, but let's go a little bit more into this because – there are a lot of these new innovative companies that come out over the last number of years. Mm-hmm. We're actually using a number of these uh, right. services in-house to help our operations uh, much better. Yeah, so w- what's been great about this is that for the last couple of years, there have been some software leaders here and there, but not this powerful you know, group move where right. like all of them are, are really doing well. And also what's nice is that there's some new names popping up that we, you know, either they're IPOs or ones that we haven't seen before. So anytime 
you see a group move like this, especially early on in an uptrend, that's something to pay a lot of attention to because even if you, you miss these coming out, these are stocks that should be on your watch list going forward. So one of the stocks that we've been looking at, and, and actually we have this on leaderboard, is CyberArk Software. It's a security um, software stock. And this is one that did, you know, acted really well during during the uh, correction. It made a new low in in uh, November, and then when the market was really selling off during December, it actually held above that prior low. So that was a great clue that there was something strong because so many stocks were just plunging at that point. I mean, and that was that key divergence that mm -hmm. we'll look for dur during a correction. Right. And and that will also show up in its relative strength line because all of a sudden it's when it's performing better than the, the, the general market, that line is going to be rising even in a uh, declining market and even if that stock is going sideways or even a little bit lower. So we put it on, a, on leaderboard. Uh, it looks like... Uh, in January, around the 28th, as it broke out, and it's been doing well. And uh, you know, it, it broke out, kind of hold held its gain, and then it had earnings recently and gapped up, and has been moving higher. So this is a stock that is is extended now. I wouldn't run out and and go buy it, but it was one of the you know uh, one of the first uh, of the the stocks to break out. It's acted well on earnings during the the little pullback last week, the correction. Uh, it got support. Um, it you know it definitely sold off uh, a week ago Monday, but uh, came came right back. So I would definitely keep an eye on this, and maybe it makes a, a flat base. Maybe it pulls back to the ten week eventually, or something like that. But I think it's better, especially at this point, to be looking at some of these stocks that are already proving themselves right, and showing right. themselves to be leaders, rather than saying, okay, well I've missed the the first group of leaders. I'm going to go buy a second or third tier stock and it you know sometimes it will work but many times it won't. Okay, so that's one to to keep on on your watch list, uh CyberArk and and let it prove itself and give you another chance. Let's go to another one, Zscaler. The ticker symbol ZS. So Zscaler is a stock that we got on leaderboard and we actually put this on with an option just ahead of its uh, earnings recently. So it had broken out you know, a couple weeks before and was going sideways and really wasn't doing too much, but was nice and tight ahead of that earnings uh, report. And so we had an option on it, limits our risk, because the most you can lose with an option is the price of the right, option. Right. But if you, you're buying the stock of headed earnings, if it drops 15 or 20%, you're, you know, you're hurting at that point. So this is a stock that uh, was acting well, it's broken out, it's moving higher. Again, I wouldn't chase this stock at this point. I'd put it on your watch list and really look and see if it can make another base or pull back and then get on. It's much better to get in on a second stage base of a leader then try to buy something that's fresh but not all that uh, powerful. Yeah, and and one stock that uh, is just kind of setting up right now and trying to break out again, Salesforce. And Salesforce is a, a larger, larger mm -hmm. company. Uh, and so this one potentially could be actionable, but you have to kind of keep that in mind that, hey, maybe this is a lagging stock, though, because it, it's not into new highs like a number of these other software stocks. Right. Yeah, yeah, it poked into into new highs and then it pulled back with the market last week. Uh, so it's not it's you know it's not acting abnormally, but it has already had a nice big run. It is uh, a lot bigger. It's a little slower moving, and actually this is something 
that we refer to as a stair stepper. It kind of it it pops up on earnings and then goes sideways and then moves up a little bit. It doesn't really necessarily go on to a big run. Uh, the good thing about that, the best way to buy stair steppers are on uh, pullbacks, and that's what CRM has done now. So it came down to the 50-day, it got support. It's a little bit above there right now, but it's not super extended. This is one if you wanted to maybe start testing and and you know take a partial position and see if it can make a new high there. And really, your your risk is well, does it close below the 50-day right. in volume? And so you know, it's it's a reasonable uh, risk reward. Um, uh, ratio right now. Okay, so definitely over you know, over the the next few weeks, over the next few months, when you have some time, start learning about the this larger five G trend. Start learning about some of the companies that are involved in it, and also these software stocks. Do we definitely think the software industry right now is the leading group? And so you want to make sure you have a number of these stocks that are on their wa- that are on your watch list that might be extended right now. But guess what? Even the greatest stocks are going to give you another chance to get in them, and they're going to form bases, and then you can be in at that time. But be disciplined. Like Bill always says, rules, rules, rules. Okay, thanks for joining us, everyone, for this very first episode of Investing with IBD. I hope you enjoyed it, and we look forward to many episodes together. Tune in next week when we talk about the life cycle of a stock. We just gave you a quick introduction here on how we buy stocks, but there's a lot more to it. There's an actual life cycle for some of these great, great stocks. And I think, Chris, the the key thing is, is Facebook past its prime. And for this week's Nilton Charts, make sure to go to Investors.com slash podcast, where you'll find details for each episode in the podcast episode section. And make sure to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast if you haven't already. We'd really appreciate it. This podcast is for informational and educational purposes only, and nothing should be construed as a recommendation to buy, hold, or sell any securities. Make sure to consider consulting with your financial advisor before making any investment decisions.